she's basically known as the queen who converted back to Christianity. She literally had all of their talismans burned. All of the traditional everything. She went and she replaced all of these things with the authority of the Bible. Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I'm Jupiter F. Stone. I'm Chloe Skye. And I'm Sarah Gorski. You know, fitting that we're here with Chloe Skye and Sarah Gorski because you two inspired today's episodes. Oh. Yeah. What? I was inspired by your episodes on the queens of late, Rana Valuna. Rana Valuna. Rana Damn it! Rana Valuna. So my goal is by the end of this podcast, with the two of your assistances, to be able to say this at the end. Chloe and Sarah covered this lineage, and my goal was to kind of fill in the gap. First, Chloe did Rana Valuna III, and when I was looking up pictures of her to put on the in the database, I found Rana Valuna I, who was the bloody queen. And then when we were doing my episode, I remember you being like, what happened to the second? Rana Valana the second. Exactly. Exactly. So here we are. And that's what happened. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go find the second and I'm going to wrap up this story. It's going to be fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, a nice little compact episode. Maybe we can do a, a, a cute little three-part series. And then, ba-boom. As history tends to be, shit's a little more complicated than that. So I ended up doing, like, hella research going in. I'm trying to go to fucking Madagascar, y'all. Like, I've learned so yeah. much about their culture. I did the deep dives. I did the multi-sources. The Malagasy culture. Malagasy culture is fascinating. So I will not go into the entire history of it, but I will suggest for people to look it up because it's, first of all, I didn't even know what the fuck Madagascar was. Like, I didn't know it was an island off of Africa. I remember that. I remember that from the first, from Rana Valley the third, that yeah. first one. And now recorded. I'm like, these stories are so important. So thank you, Brads, you should know. In such a short amount of time, I went from like, where is this place on a map? To I need to go visit. This has such a rich history. So it's not just the second. In between the first and the third, there were two queens. And after three, there was one more. Oh, after the third. After the third, there was one more. Oh, someone that they filled in to like take the place until they like. No. But they were named something. But they were named something else. They weren't named Ronavarna then, right? Not exactly. You're gonna have to wait for it. You're gonna have to wait. Okay. All right. Okay. Then here we go. Because now I'm nervous. (laughs) So let's just put it like this: between Queen Rana one and Queen Rana three. There are two super dope queens, and I couldn't choose between them, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of them. So after Queen R1, after her reign ended, and I think that we talked about this a little bit at the end of the podcast, her son took over the throne. Her son took over the throne, and he reigned, but only for a little while, and then there was this giant conspiracy. There's so much drama in this royal family. So much drama. So much freaking drama. So many people. Everything. Everything's a conspiracy. Who killed so-and-so, and then what happened, and then who is going to take over? And that was going way back. Like, that was like that family was full of drama before Rana the first came into power. Like, if you guys remember, that story mm-hmm. was dramatic. Like mm-hmm. It was like cross-island, cross-tribe royalties. Right. Before Qu- Queen Rana II, there was another queen 
who took over from the son. So there was this, so after Queen Rana the first, her son took over and her son was like, okay, mom was kind of crazy. Sorry about that. I'm going to be like, kind of help get things back to normal and make things more chill. And then there was this fucking assassination plot that happened and went down and boom, Radama is not the king anymore and his queen has to take over. So he had a queen. And by the way, everyone's related. I would just like to put that statement out there just to be to be clear, that's true like every yeah, royal family. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> is it true in the white fa- the white royal family? It is. Too? All the royals, they all trying to keep they all trying to keep the shit. So this this queen, her name was she was not she was not contrary to what I'm sure both of you are believing. She was not Queen Rana 1.5. That is not the title she took. She did not take that title. Her name was, I believe, Russell Herina. I want to say it like that because I live in L.A., so I want to roll my fucking shit. But Russell Herina is probably not how you say it, but it's about R-A-S-O. I don't think they rolled both Sounds of them. Sounds good to me. They rolled both of them. I can only roll one. Yeah, pick one. I don't know. Uh, The second one? All right. Russell Herina. Isn't the time? I think time rolling is more of a... Isn't that more of a romantic language thing? Yeah. Right. This is, I mean, because considering Rana Valina, she was the niece of Queen R1. And she, like happens in this society, married the prime minister because that is how it goes down and that's how they keep the power. But when she found out how, how the prime minister, how much of a major role he played in the assassination of her husband, she was like, actually, fuck you. I'm going to utilize my power and I'm going to marry your brother instead. <gasps> so she kicked out the prime minister. Did you see any pictures like, with the brother hotter anyway? I don't know, but he was younger. So, you know, more He's, agile, flexible, stronger in theory. The, the, the younger brother is the one who eventually marries Ranavalan oh. III. I, when I was doing my research, did find that he had married like the three previous queens or something. He did it. He he used his position as prime minister to help them secure roles and get into their spots because there's a bunch of queens that could have been. There's a bunch of cousins, a bunch of nieces, a bunch of people. Sure. But so the prime ministers helped get the queens in and then the queens helped the prime ministers keep their Stay spot. In power. Right. Okay. But this is where this is where it goes into a queen that we have not heard about because after her and it, this doesn't there doesn't seem to be any sort of um like shenanigans in how like she died and it seems like it was natural of natural causes. Um but she did only reign between 1863 and 1868. So she died at 54. She did her reign and she did a couple different things. I think there's a reason why she's not as of note as the other people but i just thought it was so badass how she was like you know what fuck you you're not gonna be the prime minister anymore because you like you you killed my husband so i'm gonna marry your brother i thought that was really fucking cool i'm like do your damn thing but i will say you know rana the second she was queen for a while her reign went from 1868 to 1883 that's a pretty long time in like a crazy corrupt (laughs) yeah right and it's playing the game of thrones she's basically known as the queen who converted every like converted back to christianity she did some gnarly shit so what happened they were officially married and they they stopped doing the customs and they were the two that were like fuck it fuck you fuck everyone we're getting married and we are doing it in a christian way upon their marriage is when they officially converted the court into christianity and they replaced (laughs) yeah they replaced but this time she was like no more because she literally 
had all of their talismans burned. All of the traditional everything. She went and she replaced all of these things with the authority of the Bible and was like, nobody else is allowed to do this. We're stopping all of these practices. She started giving authorization for construction, which was previously forbidden under everybody ahead of her. They're like, no construction, no like brick and wood. If you're going to make things, it has to be like natural. She's like, fuck that. So that's when like construction started happening. Essentially, she introduced industry and Christianity. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, Because you guys remember, Rana, the first, it was like she didn't allow roads to be built except for her. Right. Because she knew that roads would just lead to the ability to like move armies Mm -hmm. and troops faster. So now not only are they building roads and shit, but their people, like the actual people, indigenous people, are no longer allowed to produce their own goods or build practices. And they're no longer allowed to build houses in forested areas so they essentially they're like you can't you have to live like so then it's completely cut them off from every way of life that they ever knew absolutely it was the fuel for the fire of colonization and from their ability to like make money though like oh yeah and to like feed themselves how did that mm-hmm. work? Did they have to the state feed them? So that's when it started. Like people would stop move more from like tribalism and things like that. They had to like start moving and like relying more heavily on them. And that's when people started like going to church more and like asking for more resources and like showing up so they could be like fed and clothed and things like that. So it really helped. From what my research was like, helping it basically just brought people into more centralized locations mm. where then they were able to be like, oh great, by the way, here's this Bible. Here's some food. Mm-hmm. Here's this Bible. That's the most annoying thing about the way Christianity colonizes places is like it says we're gonna we're gonna help you out when you're poor when you're when you when you're hungry, but you're also the one that cut everyone off from the ability to feed themselves in the first right. place. And then you give yourself all this credit for like being charitable. But they caused the problem because right. she grew up Protestant and she even said she leaned more towards the Christian values than her traditional values. And this is a declaration she made when she was very young. Mm-hmm. So when the prime minister helped choose to secure her position, he knew who he was choosing. Like he knew these yeah. things were going to happen because she had made these statements. She grew up reading the Bible. Of course she's going to help enforce it. Yeah. And, like, well, because it it's Swung right? back and forth, so it swung back and forth heavily. So when Ranavalana yeah. the first died, her son was like, "No, no, we we will do want Christians and invited." So it, like the pendulum kind of kept kept swinging from like tribal roots, Malagasy mm-hmm. roots to the European French roots. So we just mm-hmm. kind of see that continue. And the royal family had all kinds of missionaries who like got interwoven and like into romantic relationships with people in the royal court. Right. Yeah. And so it was like That happened with Rana Some of the dresses. Yeah. Right. You remember yeah. that right. story, that woman with the furniture <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. In love with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm okay. I'm gonna keep going because I'm excited for you both to hear where this fucking story ends. Oh, because okay. guess what? Spoilers France. Okay, so um, so speaking of France. We all know France is where this all ends. We all know that. I know. But in this new world that is being created under Rana II, it is basically like creating an environment that is inviting this to happen. I don't know if that's fair for me to say this, but she did fight because she's allowing basically for people to come in. They're like, you know, welcome. Let's go. We want industry. Then France gets a little too fucking comfortable and she starts to push back a little bit and it's like no I want religious freedom but I don't want you to take over my land I still want to rule shit but I want to rule shit in a different modernized way under my new god but like get out of here I have a guess I bet France doesn't like that 
France doesn't fucking like that. They're like, oh, no, 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 honey. You can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. So then they start introducing. What I should find is interesting because there is like civil unrest between like people. And like you said, the pendulum kept swinging back and forth. So it's a, it's like a, it's a freaking ridiculous time. But they are doing treaties. This is what I found so interesting is there's treaties and there's paperwork and there's representatives uh-huh. going to Europe, going to Britain. And they're really trying to be amicable about how this goes down. And Rana the second is like, yo, like, I this is what I want and basically France returns with some bullshit and they're like okay you can keep being in charge you can keep ruling your kingdom but this is what we need and they gave her three different conditions they said we need a French protectorate over the island we need you to allow the sale of land to French nationals wait is that protectorate is that like annexation I think this is like the the treaties that were made between countries that ultimately caused the First World War, like a protectorate being... If we're in trouble, you will come to our aid. Like you're our ally, and, vi- and vice and vice versa. Like if you're yeah. in trouble, we'll come to your exactly. aid. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. I think it's like we can stay here and be safe, right? But I think specifically the protectorate is more like, well, you have more power than we do, so we need you. It's like a little bit selling your soul. I, mean, I think. Right. I mean, this whole thing is essentially that. It's like a fucking placate package. It's bullshit. Like the last thing is, and also the third thing that they wanted is also you have to pay for the losses that the French army occurs during the struggle for Madagascar. So it was like, in addition to all of this, while we continue to fight you, wow. you're going to have to pay for all of our if losses. If we're going to help shit. you out, you are responsible for the help that we give you. I bet you, I'm not sure because obviously this is Jupiter's episode, but I bet you that was also about unifying the island because they still hadn't, it still wasn't like a completely unified island there still were like warring tribes mm-hmm. and the previous leaders Rana the first and her husband before that all that other they were all trying to kind of bring those tribes in and unify so I bet France kind of kept that fight going too so I bet it applied to that right. as well I mean yeah that'd be good for them because <laughs> when we take over it'll just be yeah. one thing <laughs> good good deal for France yeah God damn it. yeah well God the queen said France. fuck no was like nah that's not that's not that's not going down good that's, that's not. she stood up she did she stood yes. up she said no she said no and then a war broke out like full-on now not just of like course. unrest but a war broke out and unfortunately she only like well maybe I guess it depends because what it came to be but she basically on her deathbed told her people like fight for your independence and she didn't exactly go back on the things that she'd done with like Christianity and like get ridding getting rid of a lot of the traditions but it was like Fight for your independence. Fight for who you are. Do not allow them to essentially like come through and take over. But we don't actually know if she understood the full extent to which she participated in that because she only lived for a month after that. After it, she declared, no, fuck you. We're going to war. I'd rather go to war. Did she die of natural causes? Natural, yeah, I it's, was going to ask the same question. Is there drama? Tell us yeah. the drama. Right, right, right. Because whenever you like take a big stand against another country and then immediately die, like... Everyone was getting assassinated. I mean, everyone was getting That's the thing is like, there's no like, and if, there's like, uh, it's like, oh, uh, it's like 1800s, you know, it's like, uh, do we have, but yeah, it is kind of fucking telling that a lot of these times when these major transitions of power happens, they just die. And there seems to be a prime minister ripe and ready to put someone else in that place that does something of the opposite. Raini Leo Rivani, I think, or some of the guy's name or something. Chloe, that was super impressive. Yeah, that's the younger brother. You remember it. Look at you. Damn, I have it written down. You still said it. Come through. Uh, natural causes, obviously. She was murdered. She was murdered. 
And that's where Rana the Third comes in, which is like the story was like, what is it like to be born and given the position into an empire that is falling underneath your feet? Right. Right. When I was doing my research for Ranavalana the Third, it specifically had said that that prime minister was responsible for the death of the previous ruler. And there was like a lot of controversy that like maybe he had killed the previous ruler. Well, his brother killed the previous, previous ruler. It's like, it's definitely very telling at how much the political climate would shift ruler to ruler. Right. So it's definitely telling that like the previous ruler had a lot of people dissenting against what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then when that ruler was out of power, the next ruler changed the rules a lot. Right. Like it's just kind of telling in, in just this pattern we've seen between these three queens, four queens. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, it's, it's just very indicative. Yeah. Madagascar. I'm telling. After there's Rana the third, who in in these episodes, and of course, I want people to like listen to your episode, Sarah, and like listen to your episode, Chloe, um, because it goes it goes in. But yeah, I think it kind of like fills in the stories, like wow, of what was actually happening. Because Rana the third tried, right? Like she tried to fight colonization. Like she attempted to, yeah, have you know fight what was. What I find, looking at the whole history, inevitable. Her and the the royal family, during her rule, would, like, go around the island and stir up the other tribes and get them to fight against France and be like, we didn't do anything. It wasn't us. It was that tribe over there, you know? Try, I mean... But at that point, but it sounds like based based on Jupiter's research, that at that point, the French had already kind of taken over... The majority, yeah, of- yeah. That's why they. I think they, they were, infiltrated. They were more called sure. like little rebellions than any actual right. yeah. resistance. It seems like it was really at the end here where Rana the second died and was like fight for your independence. And then when she died, it was like that's kind of when it was like over and people like knew it was over because it was Rana the third is when they got uh, exiled, right? Yeah. yeah she- when they were exiled, so this is kind of like the bonus thing. Rana the Second is kind of like what I wanted to do the research on, and I was excited, and I do think that a lot of the demise did come from allowing such like Christianity into the islands and literally burning your talismans. I mean, right. I don't know, Juju, if I. But also, Ooh. it feels like there wasn't really a choice given what happened before. Right. Like, and once you know what happened, it's like, well, obviously, what happened after is gonna happen. It's right. a response to whoever that. that leader was, even if it wasn't Rana the Second. They were they were only gonna install somebody in that position who was gonna do that. Right, because that's what they wanted to happen. I mean, I think, like, I can't remember the numbers, but I, I feel like the French fleet, I don't think the Malagasy fleet was as big or as no, strong. Not even no, close. And, and the whole, and back at the, like, the beginning of the whole saga of these four queens, it's like, they wanted the technology and the guns that France had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, so, like, remember, Rana the First was, like, had that guy that was, like, had created mm-hmm. factories so they right. could have their own weapons. Yeah. And but it, then they want more things, and they want the technology, but then you also invite... It's like... Mm-hmm. Right. It's like inviting in the devil. It's yeah. like... Yeah. You can't, you can't take you one can't without the other. can't have that technology without... Yeah. And it sucks because it Ugh. seems like they're like, hey, we're going to exile you. But from my research and what I understood is, like, they exiled them, but they were still the royal family because they wanted to, like, save face, right? So sure. it's like... You know, we're going to treat you really well. We're going to let publicity. We're going to let you have. And that's essentially what happened. Like, look at the last basically like the last royal family of Madagascar. And they were, you know, paraded around like Europe and shuffled around the places where they said they had to go. Mm -hmm. They were given houses and they were given servants and cooks and maids and secretaries to take care of their affairs and whatnot. But as all the members in the royal family died, it was just like 
an entire empire just slowly yeah. fizzling out, slowly fizzling out. Mm. Like, I have to think that that's also like keeping keeping them alive and keep, and parading them around is also part of like keeping the Malagasy people. Yes. Content. Tempered. Content. They're like, oh, our royalty are still alive, so we must be okay. Yeah. But if they thought that the royalty had lost their power, then yeah, I imagine there would be way more unrest and it would be like way more of a pain in the ass for France mm-hmm. to deal with. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's and- a lot easier to just pay the money and allow everyone to think and be able to spin your own narrative mm-hmm. rather than actually take them out and everyone be like, wait, what? Agreed. So- I mean that was true. In, that was true in Hawaii too, right? You, yeah, absolutely. Like, that was they like kept her around. And yep. They... See, then that's the thing. Like I think that's why I'm so emotional about it because it's like, wow, this is like straight out colonizer playbook, and I had no idea, you know. But it's like they gave her, they let her live in her palace until she fizzled away and died. And what still happens now is there are still people in Hawaii who are alive and well and conscious that are technically the heirs to the throne to the kingdom of Hawaii alive right now. So when major things happened like protests on certain mountains and tops the royal family will come out and people will do protocol mm-hmm. and they will bow and they will be in their traditional garb and it still happens it just doesn't get reported as often and so when i heard like the ending of this story which i will wrap up which is basically there was one more heir to the throne and it was another beautiful brown woman uh she was just born into exile so she after Rana the she third? was born after Rana the third. So Princess Marie Louise Raza Finicanero Raza Fendreity Raza Fin it's this Fendreity Fincarefo yeah okay. of Madagascar was born in 1897 in exile in a hotel in Saint Denis, which is essentially like this like island that France owns. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's a great place to send a royal family to Who exile. Who was her mom? Her, was her mom Ranavalana III? Her mom was not Ranavalana III. Her mom was a niece of Ranavalana III. And what had Ooh. happened was, is she was an illegitimate child. Her her mom was named Princess Raza, some other thing, very long. Um, but she was the niece of the third. And because her father was illegitimate, he was actually a French soldier and her mom died oh. probably due to the childbirth because she died days after the childbirth. Rana the third adopted the kid and was like, I'm going to adopt my niece oh. and I'm going to take care of her. So according to traditional rules, this kid was now her successor. So yeah, when yeah. she died, technically speaking, she became the heir to the throne. But just, there just wasn't one. There just wasn't one. And essentially, yeah. even though she had a stipend because she was baptized. And what I find so interesting is to appease the French, she was baptized Catholic, but they still did a lot of like Protestant Christian things like she went to those types of churches catholic is part of christianity well, catholic but it wasn't there like the, the protestant and catholic are like they hate each other right yeah they, they hate each other ireland, at least like, in ireland i don't know maybe Fr- not french everywhere. and and so the last heir to the madagascar throne died in 1948 She's wow. Not so like within like kind of like I feel like our parents I mean, lifetime for yeah. sure. She was around till after both world wars. Yeah. And she was a she was a she was a nurse. So I don't know what all she did, but she got a pension and kind of like had that celebrity status of being who she was. Um, but kind of decided not to. She didn't really take very much political stance. She just wanted to, to help I, I and mean, live a normal life. What and, do you do when you're the last one? It's like I can't restart this. Right. Do you in your research did you like what happened like governmentally like who was actually ruling was france just like fully ruling madagascar at that that point point? yeah 
Yeah, because yeah. that, that's what they... When they removed them, when they removed the royal family physically from the island and were like, you can't come back, yeah, it was just France. They had, like, taken over. Because they were building it this whole time. Like, that's the thing. I think they, like, they had installed a prime minister who was, like, handling everything. A French French prime minister. But, like, a a French Madagascar prime minister. Right, because at this point, they're so interwoven, right? Everything's hybrid. Like, this, like, the last queen is technically half French. Like, that's what I find fascinating is, like, the beginning of this story and the last heir literally being half French because that's where they were exiled to. Like, that's how in it they fucking were. So anyway, and we all remember Rana Valen of the Third loved the French. Yes, she did. She did. Yes, she did. So I'm like she still loved her home country, but she she did love the French. So I mean, she I'm sure they were around a lot. You know, you you're attracted to what you see, right? So it's like we're gonna exile you to that place. It's like, uh, okay, except (laughs) except not because like she never really well got to go. They weren't gonna. They were only. They're not going to exile her to somewhere where they don't have control. Exactly. Over her. They're going to exile her to a French right. territory. Like they're not going to let her go and like start some shit somewhere. Else. Yeah. <laughs> but like part of the Renaval of the third story was that she like really wanted to go to Paris. She was like, if you're going to exile me, send me to Paris. Yeah. And they were like, <laughs> no. And they didn't let her go to Paris except for like two times in her whole life. Wow. Like they kept her yeah. in her. And she palace. saved up all her money to buy those French clothes. She did. When she got she there. did. Damn. I remember that step <laughs> from your episode, Chloe. <laughs> Oh, you guys. Queen. This brings us to the end of our Royalty of Madagascar trilogy. That that is it. I did the end of the royalty of Madagascar. I'm sure there's many. Oh, beforehand, yeah. There's probably a lot of badass (laughs) royal family, but like not even this royal family. Like other royal families, probably so many people we could do. Right. But but that information is going to be way harder to gain access to. I'm, I'm sure. And I think that's why I kind of like, I wanted to bring it up and I didn't want to just do the second or just do the stories because to, to me, and I hope for other people, it's like, it's so telling. There've just been so many women in history and not just women in history who do things, but like in positions of power and royalty. And these people had fucking melanin. Like, it's so important for me, for young girls yeah. to know that. Like, You know, it's like, so what can we learn from this history? What can we learn from allowing people to come in and say, hey, your culture is wrong. Believe what we believe in instead, ye knowing white man. Like, no, fuck that. What can we learn from their history? I think these are broads you should know. And I I, I think it's just like, that's what I love about this podcast. It's like, the deeper I get, I'm like, we're never going to fucking run out. Definitely. We're never going to run our bras. We're never. Never. No. no. If you like this episode, you should listen to more. I would specifically suggest probably like uh, the other people who I've talked about in this, you know? Maybe some of the, maybe the Hawaii episodes too. Run of Alana the first, Run of Alana yes. the third, those episodes. Hit those up if, if you haven't yeah. heard yeah. those yet. Lili Okalani. Oh yeah, Lili Okalani. Kana Absolutely. Connect it. Yeah. Get it. Get it in. Tuira Kayapo. I hope the reverse happens one day. People go in with talismans and replace Bibles. I, uh, I'm not gonna disagree. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Come on back next week. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about Shakuntala Devi, who is also known as the human computer. She was a champion of fast math. She has a Guinness World Record and She did some other things that I think you might want to know. So come on back next week for Shakuntala Devi. I was raised Catholic and we weren't allowed to hang out with 
Protestants. Protestants? No, yeah. no, no, no. It's super, yeah. Chloe, we wouldn't have been friends, huh? No. Probably not. If we had grown up in the same We town. wouldn't have been allowed to speak to each other. No. Yeah. No, Damn, even even though Presbyterians are really nice. Oh, uh, well, I wouldn't know that. I never got exposed to any of them. <laughs> Don't go across the street! That's where they are! That is so... Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. Right. So that was the last... I just want to point out, Jupiter, that the, the last time you said Ronavalina's name, you said it correctly <gasps> without even trying. Oh. What did I say? I said by the end of the episode. You did. That's it. Because we are here. You did. I just end. want to point Thank it you. out because I think you didn't even notice, but I, I didn't. Did. I appreciate that. I didn't either. That. Thank good, you. Good catch. 